yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully you caught season one. If you didn't and you're a new listener, welcome. You can always go back and hit some some heavy hitters from the first season. Arguably, this is not a podcast that you need to listen to in order. Correct. So I wouldn't turn this episode off and go back. No. Listen, it's going to be good. Let it rip. And then go back and listen to the seven episodes from season one. That's right. And while we're on the subject, um, if you have listened to season one or if you like this episode, please give us a review wherever you find your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Yep. Um, Some comments. Lots of stars. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And tell your friends. Somebody else who enjoys a good fishing story, maybe. Yeah, we try to keep this light. Uh, and fun because one of the things that binds all of us that are listening to this podcast, I assume, is a love of fishing. Absolutely. And uh, who doesn't love a fishing story? Right, right. Um, so on that topic, today's episode we recorded a couple months ago because, you know, we've been gathering stories over the last couple months. We sat down with our friend Eland Stribling. He is also here in Colorado, so... This was actually the very first episode that, while it was far away and pretty much outdoors, we actually got to sit down and see the person we were recording with. Absolutely. And bear with us on the audio a little bit. As Corinne mentioned, we did record this in outside, basically, but at our airplane hangar warehouse here. So there's a little bit of background noise on this one. There's some wind. There's some airplanes. Yeah. It's, you know, we're sitting very far away from each other. So, it, so, so bear with us and also rest assured it does uh, clean up a little bit as we move through the season. And it's definitely a story worth listening to. Eland is a wildlife biologist who also dabbles in stand-up comedy. I'll remind you again at the end, but if you don't already follow him on Instagram, his handle is Black Steve Irwin, and it's a nice mixture of comedy and fishing, I would say. Absolutely. And he's a good fly fisherman. Yes. Spoiler alert, we did finally get to fish with him, even though in the first, you know, couple minutes of chatting with him before we started recording, we realized while we go to a lot of fishing events together, we had never fished with him. But it's been a couple months now and we actually got to. So that's great. Yeah, We were able to get out on the water and and, uh, all get into some fish, which is awesome. So without further ado, let's dive in and uh, chat with Eland and hear his fishing stories. All right, it's a very exciting day because this is our first in-person, very far away from each other, but in-person fishing stories episode. From across the table. <laughs> yeah. So, hi, Eland. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> it's so fun to see your face. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's been way too long. I know. And I appreciate you bringing your beautiful dog. Oh, always. He, I don't know where he went. The only place he doesn't go without me is work. We always like a little dog action. Absolutely. And just to warn everybody, we are recording at our warehouse, oh, yeah. which is an airplane hangar. So there probably will be a few noises in the background. We're we could just have gonna... a takeoff. We could have, right. you know, helicopter We're just gonna flights. We're going to go with it. But that's the beauty of being able to be outside. Why did so. you guys choose this place? This is near our house. Okay. And it's very hard to find small warehouse space. Um, and an airplane hangar is like the perfect size. <laughs> it's also just nice vibes when the weather's good to be able to open up the whole door yeah. and have kind of it. 
turns into like an inside outside flex space yeah. as opposed to feeling more like a conventional office, which yeah. we kind of like. Yeah. For anyone who's never been here, it's an airplane hangar and we overlook a field to the north. And then because we're in Colorado, the mountain, well, front range of Colorado, our mountains are always to the west and we have a beautiful view. So it's kind of hard yeah. to yeah, dislike. Complex. Yeah. And in normal times, like you've seen, you've been out here for our events before. It's like a very cool event space. We can have a band out here and um, food truck style. I was say last time there was a food truck. Yeah, yeah, it was delicious. The only complaint is that there is a creek right there, mm -hmm. as you well know. But it's not <laughs> much of a fishery. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There's bug life. We there is bug we life. We do get some mayflies that find their way in here. Nice. We check them out. Yeah, Corinne had like a beautiful big like like a sulfur sulfur drake land on the car the other day. Yeah. Just a gorgeous bug. It was very exciting. So other than being at the warehouse, uh, I want to do a quick intro for our friend Elon Stribling here, who is. A fishy dude. We can say that. Sure. You studied wildlife biology, is that right? I did. Yep, up in uh, CSU in Fort Collins. Wildlife or fisheries? Wildlife. Wildlife, yeah. okay. Thus the catching bears. Thus the catching bears, chasing birds, <laughs> all of the land stuff. The fish stuff is just fun. Yeah. <laughs> and why did you choose to study wildlife biology? I've always loved animals. Even my name, Elon, means largest African antelope. And so I was always raised with kind of a focus from my gramps about wildlife and animals and stuff. And I don't know, I was just like, I, I went to CSU and I was like, I'm going to save all the animals. I'm going to protect the animals. So I went to be a veterinarian <laughs> and I realized I hated every moment of that. That's too much blood for me. Too much blood. And it's absolutely, it's kind of the people that are in there. It's just like a certain type of person that is a veterinarian. If you're a veterinarian, I'm... Yeah, I'm trashing you because I don't. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <like> you. <laughs> trying to socialize with people like that, I don't know. Uh, and so then I was lost. So I did psychology for like a half a semester, and then this sounds like a classic college experience. Yep. And then we <laughs> found uh, the natural resources department, and we realized I could be a wildlife biologist. And then just fell in love with my first intro to wildlife class. And the first day, the um, professor like brought in a bunch of raptors. I was just like, oh, this is badass, and then that was it. Well, you know we're bird nerds. Yeah. Yeah. We're so. bird watchers. Obviously, we fish, but the less known fact is that we're bird nerds, too. So. Yeah, my grandfather worked for the Division of Wildlife um, as one of the head of the raptor program, so we did all the raptor work across the state. I couldn't remember if he was That's with awesome. CPW or... Yeah, he was with the Division of... He was, he's old. He's really old. <laughs> <laughs> Grandparents usually are older yeah, than we are. He's old. <laughs> I love that. Um, so as I told you, I always like to share like, I remember when we first met. Mm -hmm. And the most fun piece, I think, is where we first met was the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Storytellers, where we were each featured speakers. And that was one of the inspirations for us wanting to do the Fishing Stories podcast, because I love that kind of long form. You give someone space to tell a story. Yeah as opposed to just, like, trying to trip it in. Yeah. Um, and you and I were, like, the first timers. Everybody else, I think, had done it before. Yeah, I've never done anything like that before in my life. Did you have fun? Yeah, I was more nervous. Because I had only been doing stand-up maybe, like, a six months. 
And so I was still like fresh to the stage and like that kind of environment. And I love public speaking, but I was just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. These are all like cool people and I'm just some guy who stumbled in. So I felt the same way. I mean, I was a teacher for years, so I'm used to standing in front of yeah. crowds, but not just like talking about myself and my family yeah. and, and whatnot. I think that type of situation is challenging when you have a big crowd out there. Yeah. But it's not like everybody's not captivated on the stage. Yeah. Like the people in the back are grabbing beers and yeah. talking among themselves. And like that, I think, makes it more challenging when you're up on the stage as opposed to being in an environment where it's like focused. Yeah. yeah. How'd we do as the audience member? You guys did great. We crushed it. Yeah. Nice. I very much enjoyed <laughs> it. And as I recall, Elon's story was one of the pushes for uh, some of our Squatch. Oh, yeah, I did tell a big, Bigfoot story. Yeah, you told your a, Bigfoot encounter. Yeah, and that was the first time I've ever told that in in front of him. Like, I had told friends about it and stuff, but that was the first time I got up on stage and I was like, yo, this happened to me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then we were chatting and I was like, I've been wanting to do a, like a Squatch holding a steelhead drawing. Yeah. And uh, that kind of kicked me in gear to do it. Absolutely. And the people love Squatch. The angler community loves squatches. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if we can talk about it without at least hearing some of the squatch story. I mean, I was <laughs> camping on Mount Hood for like a snowboard program, a camp for the summer. And we had heard stories that there were things in the, in the mountains or, you know, weird stuff happening. But it was just from a bunch of like people who just like lived in the woods. So we were all skeptical. And then. My friend Tanner and I, we were, like, just camping one night, and we heard, like, footsteps outside, and we started screaming, and then the footsteps got quiet, and then they got louder and louder, and then they would disappear. And then my friend Tanner heard, uh, or he didn't hear, but he saw a handprint, like, push onto his tent, and he, like, freaked out and thought it was me, and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I may have lied before in my life, but I'm not <laughs> lying in this moment. And then he started freaking out, and he said, all right, we're going to run to the car. And he said, three, two, one. And then on two, he started running. <laughs> uh, and then we got to the car, and we, like, drove down the mountain, and we, like, slammed in the we, – we slept in the forerunner, like an old forerunner, both in the front seat. We woke up, and we drove back up to our campsite, and, like, our tents were closed. Like, the zippers were closed. They were, like, folded up. The, the stakes were, like, pulled out of the ground. And we were like, we don't know what. And some people were like, yeah, it could have been the moose. And then we got, talked to one guy, and he was like, yeah, it was, a, it was probably Bigfoot. It was probably Sasquatch. So Absolutely. That's it. And that's been my go-to. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a synopsis of the Bigfoot. I mean, there's no way that a bear or moose was zipping your tent yeah. closed. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen moose do goofy stuff. I've seen bears do wild stuff, but I've never seen them take their time at a campsite. I love the no. l- launching it, too, as well. The what? Leaving the tent at oh, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab him. <laughs> I, like, I was afraid to look back. Like that's how I was. Like this. It was one of the moments where I'm like, I think I'm gonna die. Like I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna make it. And then I was like, well, if I can catch him, then I can. All I had was like a pocket knife that was like <laughs> three inches. And I was like, maybe I can stab him and he'll fall. And then I can get away. But I like dove in through the window and everything, like Deuce of Hazard and drove down the mountains. And you live to tell the tale. I live to tell the tale. I don't know if that squatch is still out there, but he probably got a good story out of it. 
He's probably not listening to the podcast, though. You never know. We I don't think know. they're long legs, personally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Garrison long knows legs. about leaving a buddy in the lurch when something's coming after you. Like a moose. Well, you know, if you <laughs> fall down, yeah, that's I mean, on yeah. you, man. Like, that's it's it. every man, woman, child for themselves <laughs> out there. If you can grab a kid on your way to yeah. safety, then grab a kid. If not, then you just hey, lost one. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> that it. That's the sacrifice. It's like a song. Yeah. Like you, you can't keep them all together. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to throw one out. I was at a little cabin in Montana one year with some buddies, and we were hearing like creaks on the porch. And I was like, that's a raccoon. And I'm like, oh, that like really creaks. Like that's definitely not a raccoon. Like that's something heavyweight, heavy. And then all of a sudden there was like a big bang. And then we just went into like full panic. Like, yeah. where's the bear spray? Does anybody have a gun handy? What's going on? And uh, anyway, the thing went off the porch, but there were like decorative, you know, like little framed cabin kitschy things on like either side of the door yeah, that were mounted like six feet up and they were both knocked off of the wall so it definitely wasn't a deer definitely could have been a grizz or a big bear that's crazy but then i just had this visual of them with like both paws, paws up on looking, the wall yeah. looking right in the yeah. door and that was just like <laughs> makes the hair on the back yeah. of my neck stand up yeah man. it makes you like butterflies like, oh yeah, man that was it the yeah. squatch would have tried the handle so it, tried to probably try to come in cook. Yeah. Right. So right. <laughs> oh, okay. So we covered why you uh, studied wildlife biology and then you did get, was it last summer that you were working for CPW? Yeah. Last, um, I started in April or May. Um, and then I worked for CPW until November. And that so. was the catching bears. Yeah, that was the catching everything. So I was a nuisance wildlife technician. And so, <laughs> so any animal that was a problem, uh, I was the one that got sent out to either watch it, um, bring the traps, bring the trailers, relocate them. You know, sometimes they would just say like, all right, can you go drop this off somewhere? <laughs> um, more detail than that, but that was kind of the gist of it. The, like my first day, we like saved the cub. Uh, it's on, like, CPW's website, but we, like, saved the cub, and it, like, ran away. And then the second day, um, we had to, like, uh, capture this big bear. And then I don't know what happened to that bear. Um, the, there were moose that we had to put in the trailers. Oh, my God. I had to That's a big animal in a trailer. By myself, and then I got in trouble for that. They were like, you shouldn't have been doing that. And I was like, I mean, that was fine. I just wore, like, a big welding glove. I was going to say, nice them. leather glove <laughs> yeah, on like that a, thing. Thick like one. A, like a twice the size of my yeah. hand thickness and then yeah. grab them and put them in the cage and they're like yeah don't do that anymore and i was like well this is what i want to do is a dope ass <laughs> so, uh, i mean i was of course afraid but i learned a lot and i got to see some really really cool things and i got to eat some bear meat so and delicious yeah that's what i hear all i did was ground it though but yeah i didn't do anything special i just cooked it seasoned it and ground it and it was still fantastic although bear from what i've heard more than anything the meat tastes so much more like what they're eating. So, like, if you get a bear out in Alaska during yeah. the salmon run, it just tastes really fishy. I've heard, yeah, there's blueberries in Montana. I mean, yeah. blueberries. They're black bears, but they eat blueberries. Blueberries, yeah. And someone said, like, if you cut open the meat, their meat's literally, like, blue. And, and their fat like is blue. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that sounds fantastic. Render, render purple bear fat. Yeah, 
That sounds delicious. Yeah. So. I feel like it might have been before the bash for Boulder Creek because you were planning on coming out for our event and you texted me and you're like, I'm going to be late. I'm watching a bear. Part of my job was like, they would just be like, hey, Elon, can you know, there's a, we think there's a male bear somewhere in this area. Can you just drive around and look? And then I would go find it. And I got really good at finding bears because they, I mean, for a bear to be 200, 200 pounds and then just disappear, like, in an instant, it's kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah. You can see them come down the tree and we would try to keep them in trees until the nighttime when they could, you know, head west or, or get to safety. And then once they come down a tree, like, all right, just let them come down. And then you would, you would watch them into like a field or something and then they would just disappear and you're like um i know he was heading north but (laughs) that's all i got (laughs) so i was probably 21 for the first bear that i ever saw and i've lived in colorado my whole life really yeah so not an easy animal to track down no and they're really they're really really pretty too yeah yeah so i really like just looking at their eyes and paws and watching and critters current job is you're spreading the love of wildlife to the next generation. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an outdoor educator. So I teach everyone from people in high school and their parents all the way down to second, third graders. We are just We have programs and we teach them about different big cats in Colorado. We teach them about plants, uh, watershed sciences. Um, what else? climate change we teach them about a little bit of everything and if we're up at our, our like work site we actually get to take them fly fishing so we have like a few instructors who are just the fly fishing guides yeah and they just show the kids how to cast the fly rod and then and that's not you but it could be you, you. yeah, yeah. If, if there's been days where i've gotten the help but um my focus is on like terrestrial wildlife yeah. stuff and plants so well that's very exciting yeah i love it well as I mentioned earlier, you're a very fishy dude, even though you know all the animals. Yeah, I wouldn't say fishy. I would say lucky. More than well, we all are, but... <laughs> Isn't that sort of synonymous? Yeah, same. <laughs> you put yourself in scenarios, in the yeah. right scenarios, so that your luck I, works out. I fish a lot, and so yeah. I would hope I get something. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if you can tell us a fishing story. Yeah, I, I think the probably the first one that comes to mind is probably my... Does it have to be in America? Oh, no. I know you guys travel, you know. I don't know how many stories we have yet that are in the U.S. Really? So, Very few. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I should know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went on a, uh, week and a week and a half trip to New Zealand and slept in, like, a van, like, rented a van and slept in a van with my friend and then just drove around the South Island um, and just tried to catch fish uh the first three or four days we didn't see a fish we didn't smell fish we didn't <laughs> see anything that it's a fishy. different game down there yeah. and we had like done our research like that whole winter like right, we're gonna go down there you know it's like the it's gonna start getting cold for like new zealand like the southern hemisphere and like it's gonna be it's gonna be a badass trip every day we're gonna catch hogs and <laughs> hang out and whatever and then we got there, and people were like, maybe you should get a guide. And I was like, I mean, we could get a guide for a day, but then my friend, you know, he's like, no, let's just let's just bum it. Like, let's just bum it and fish wherever we want. And so we were like, all right. So, like, the first three days, I mean, 
we went to these beautiful, beautiful rivers. And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, I've seen this on YouTube. (laughs) For sure. I've seen this river on YouTube. And then we get there and we're fishing 12 hours and we're like, I haven't seen a bird. I haven't seen a fish. (laughs) I haven't seen anything. And the water's pretty, pretty clear. Like we got to some glacial melt, but for the most part, the water's super clear. So you would kind of be able to see fish or... I've seen the YouTubes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we were just like, all right, well, day one, we were discouraged. Day two, we were like, all right, well, let's try another river. And so we literally had a map uh, and like a book of saying like, you know, during this part of the season, fish may be here or fish may be here or don't fish these rivers and stuff like that. And um, so we just, we looked at the book and we looked at the map and we would just like choose a river and we we're like, all right, well, let's go check this one out. And then we would, one of us would drive all night while the other one sleeps. And then whoever drove all night would take like a early morning nap. Oh, that is hardcore. And then start fishing. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I hope it got off. It went but, in, yeah. Okay. It's gone. Um, for everyone listening, I like to include people in what's happening. There was a bug on me. I didn't just freak out in the middle of the story. It was... A gross bug, too. Yeah, it was a stinger. Was one of those earwig. Yeah. Just, I hate earwigs. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I didn't want people to just say, like, is he freaking out? No. Um, I'm not You're not fan. scared of your no. New Zealand fishing. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared of New Zealand. I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'm like, if, when I go back, I'm, it's going to be a fight. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the second day we, we found this river and there were a bunch of spawning salmon. And so we didn't fish that. And so we kind of like hiked up this valley. Um, and this is all just two guys in college who were just like, yeah, we're just going to spend the week in the half fishing. And we hiked up this valley, and it was probably the, we took pictures of it, but it never does it justice. Yeah. Like, yeah. coming over the meadow and then, like, coming around the corner, and there's very, like, you're like, this is, like, how is this possible? Like, I can't believe anything lives here where people would, I don't know, not visit. And, for the whole nine days we were there, ten days we were there, we never, I think we saw like one or two anglers. That's on the wild. Um, but we were like in the, we were like kind of in the in the thick of some things. And so second day, saw spa- spawning salmon, thought well, that was really cool. We just sat and watched them for a few hours and then um, fished, fished what we thought was <clears throat> like a big, big river. Uh, and my friend like hooked into a fish, but it ended up being like, Four inches. Uh, I mean, at this point, hey, a fish is yeah, a fish. I was say, but he got to get on the board, right? <laughs> but he didn't land. It. Oh dear! Oh, no. oh dear! And so there was a lot of trash talking. Uh, so our our emotions were already after day one of not having our dreams fulfilled. We we're already kind of on the edge of like, if we if we flew halfway around the world to not <laughs> catch fish, it's gonna suck. Um, and so you know, there's light trash talking as you do with your friends and. And then I didn't catch anything, so I kind of simmered down. (laughs) (laughs) A wise Uh, choice. Just a quick pause to talk to all my fellow whiskey drinkers out there. If you're a fan of the brown and not just the trout, I've got to introduce you to our friends at Lock & Co. They've spent more than a decade perfecting their Aspen-aged rye whiskey, and I'll tell you, it was worth the wait. Rye whiskey usually isn't for the faint of heart, but I have to say that this is hands down the smoothest rye I've ever tasted. We love it. 
after a long day on the water or, you know, that random Wednesday night. Also of note, when these guys aren't making whiskey, they're out on the river with the rest of us. So if you want to support another Colorado business and enjoy some fine whiskey, you will not be disappointed with Lock & Co. You can find them at most liquor stores on the Front Range of Colorado, or you can check their website, lockandcodistilling.com. That's L-O-C-K-E and co-distilling.com. Day three, we got to, uh, just we drove to another place and we got to this valley and um, it looked, I was like, this, this, like it, you know, sometimes you just get to water and you're like, that looks fishy, like that looks, oh yeah, like there's supposed to be fish in there. Um, and so we're kind of standing over this, like really bank that's been like eroded on, mm-hmm. and we're looking down and in between two boulders, there's like this log looking thing and we're looking and we're like, is that a fish? But it's not really moving much. Or like that. Like, I I know what a fish looks like, and <laughs> I I don't know. And so we just we honestly just made breakfast and sat there and just watched this thing, and it never ever moved. And then as we're like going back to the car and we're like crossing the river, it like starts feeding, just going okay. left and right. Okay. Okay. Um, and then like once we tried to like get down and across the river to cast to it, it like spooks. And we went away and we were like. At least when we saw a yeah. fish, like this is a good sign. Um, and so we just parked our van and we like hiked up the, um, like just up this valley, just along the river. Um, and we start seeing like fish rising in like super fast water. And we're like, maybe we've been like fishing the wrong type of water. Like maybe we should have been fishing like fast stuff this whole time. Uh, and so I hook into one, lose it. Uh, I hook into another one and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solid fish. I hate like people who like brag and stuff like that. It's all right. I mean, we're here to tell fishing stories, yeah, so it yeah. can be whatever size you want at this but point. Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> it was a decent fish, um, and my friend went and grabbed the net. And I've been I had been fishing for like three or four years at this point. Yeah. Uh, and my friend has only been fishing for like a year and a half or so, or maybe two years. And so he was my he's my net man. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I'm bringing this fish in, and I'm fighting and it's coming over and he like stabs at it with the net and like misses the fish and the fish like wraps around the net and then breaks off oh dear and then the fish just stopped feeding like i don't know if they're all like we're out of here but the fish just stopped feeding and Turned i off. remember like after it broke i like just set my rod down and just walked away and i just sat and i just sat there and he didn't say anything like he never apologized he never oh like, no i understood <laughs> we both understood what just happened and i was like you know what? No, we no can't word. even talk yeah, about no, this. No words need to be said. And then we went back. Uh, we like hiked back to the car, made dinner, um, and then just sat in silence the all night. And we're just like, this sucks. Like, this is really, really difficult. So then it's like day four. Um, and we finally got to this place with like a bunch of biting flies. And that was terrible. But there were a lot of fish. <laughs> and so day four, we were catching like a lot of fish that were like, like the 16 20 inch range yeah uh which is we didn't even think there were fish that size in new zealand we thought they all just came out <laughs> five five pounds yeah. <laughs> they so just we make just them like, that way all right we're we're doing this and then we saw some salmon that like weren't spawning um and so we were like throwing streamers at them and they were eating and stuff and so we got some cool pictures and and watched them and so now we're like all right things are looking better like so day five um we're, we're like walking on this guy's, we, we realized it was this guy's ranch, um, and he had like a bunch of sheep, 
but we didn't know that. We were just, I mean, we were ignorant foreigners just trying to fish, and there were ne- there were never any signs of like you know private property or private land. So we just like we parked the car at night. We woke up and we were like surrounded by all these sheep, and we're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> uh, and so we get out and we're like just walking around and we're like looking at the river and it's like a cloudy morning. It's probably like six or seven a.m. Super cloudy, kind of cold. Like one of the first mornings where it was like really chilly. Um, and so we like threw on some rain jackets and like warm stuff and then looked at the river and I mean we were like 20 30 feet from the river and you can just see fish rising but like a lot of rises and not like little fish rising but just like subtle nice like okay those big noses yeah. that's here we want, go right? just like the back and stuff and then like I went outside first and I'm like stretching and then I like bang on the door and I'm like hey we gotta <laughs> we have to go it's now. time yeah um and so then when we're fishing uh we like start fishing that section we spook a bunch of fish and we're like oh hell it's gonna be one of these days and then so we like walk down the river and then we we like cross the river and then once again we see a bunch of sheep and then this guy is like just staring at us and we're like uh are are we allowed to be here he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. this is i mean this is my property but you can just fish it all (laughs) just you know just clean up yeah and then we're just like all right so we just like, went all the way down to his property, like, where the fence was, and then, like, walked all the way up the river. And when I say, like, I don't know, every 30, 40 feet, there was, like, another good fish oh, sitting yeah. there. Uh, and it was, it, it got tricky, like, we, because we still didn't know what we were doing, and we tried grasshoppers, and they didn't say grasshoppers, and then we tried, um, like, streamers, and we were like, all right, well, they're obviously not taking streamers. <laughs> and so then we just tied, like, a bunch of, or we just had a bunch of parachute atoms mm-hmm. that we were just like, well, you know. Everything eats a parachute Yeah, atom. when in yeah. doubt, Come on. just go with what you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we fished that stretch of river, um, and we missed a, a lot of fish. But uh, the first fish we caught, as, as I was fishing, and it was like, the, the river was coming, and it was slow. And then there was like a piece of twig or like some sort of grass or moss or something that just created like a small obstruction mm. in the river where it like kind of riffled behind me. Yeah. And then there was just a fish feeding it. And so I, I cast it to that fish for probably about 45 minutes because I just kept seeing his nose and his back. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And my friend Cody went up river. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I just, I, I fished this fish and I tied on a parachute at him. And it, it's like, still to this day, I've caught a lot of, you know, good sized fish. But still to this day, it's like I can... It's like a movie in my head where, yeah. like, I cast it to, the, like, right in front of, like, this little twig thing, and it, like, drifted around into, like, the soft water, and then the fish just, like, comes up, sucks on it, and I was just like, boom, <laughs> set the hook, and then, um, and I think I was fishing either 5X or 6X, which, Yikes. yeah, which I was like, <laughs> now that I've heard stories, or I have friends who live in New Zealand, I'm like, they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, and I fought this fish for probably, I don't know. 20 30 minutes the whole time screaming my friend's name like Cody! <laughs> although do you really want him to be your net guy at this yeah, point I mean, at this, I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've talked about strategy we've talked about playing. um and so all i hear is like him running through the bushes at like full speed and i hear him like throwing off all his gear and like tucking off his vest and stuff and he grabs a net um and he scoops it in and like it like the net that we had um we didn't have like a big net we just had like a net that you like yeah like a little waiting net fishing. or whatever yeah and like the nose was out and the tail was out and it was it's like a great fully, sign 
like in the you net. love that and all we did like we just looked at each other looked at the fish looked at each other and just started screaming and like jumping <laughs> up and down and they're like we did it we did it, we did it. <laughs> um we took we took pictures and we like just watched this swim away and then the rest of the evening like all we did was just fish that water and just fish up and just same thing just off the bank off some sort of obstruction there was never any fish that were like in the in the open open that we yeah. could catch but if they were behind something or next to something it just seemed like they had lower inhibition and then for like the next six days we just we just found where the sheep were and found where the <laughs> flies were and then just fished and then i actually there were like three flies that i fished with the most and i got there was like this little white articulated streamer yeah that i don't know where i found it in my box or like where i had it but um i i like caught a brown on it um and then I got it tattooed, and this hopper was the main hopper I was, and then that's the parachute at them. There we go. I love it. Fish. And so, um, yeah, so we, we just fished people's land, and we just asked, like, hey, can we fish there? And mostly everybody was like, yeah, just, you know, be careful with it. Thanks for asking. Like, don't trash leave, it. Or leave it better than you found it. Yeah. yeah. We did. All we did was they probably heard screaming every once in a while because we found another tank <laughs> of a fish, and then that, that was it. And then we spent a day doing one of those, um, um, like, lighting things you know hang gliding they, yeah hang yeah but they just like shoot you into the air or like you just fly into the air and you just glide and we just got to look over the south island and i still to this day i'm like if i want to go back i want to go back again but get further into the muddy stuff yeah to the backcountry but yeah and those streams i mean so i've fished the south island a couple of times but not well mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like i was there early in high school like long story but my mom was teaching a workshop there and i had like you know a five weight or a six weight yeah. at the time and i bombed around i did yeah. one day with a guide where i actually caught a really nice fish but yeah. otherwise it was it's tough, tricky tough sledding especially back that was not to date myself that was a long time yeah. ago <laughs> and then i actually spent a semester in college i studied abroad in australia mm-hmm. and after it was over like a bunch of us wanted to, you know, travel around yeah. for a while afterwards because yeah. the tickets were like really cheap. Right. And so we rented a car and drove around the South Island. But all of these like college friends are not, they were not fly for sure. Right. So I was like trying to do it on the side. Yeah. They didn't like spicy food and they didn't like fishing. Right. right. Garrison's two favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, was, it was tough. But man, that place is so incredible. And it's one of the only places where it seems like in a lot of those watersheds, the further you get towards the headwaters, the bigger the fish get. Yeah, and the prettier they get. Like, Right. I wouldn't know. I'm the only one who's never been. <laughs> I, I mean, you might know this from more of a biology perspective, but I've always found New Zealand fascinating because you look at one of these healthy, big mm-hmm. rivers, right? Yeah. And there's obviously good biomass for trout right. because there's a seven pound brown in this right. hole except that's the only fish in that yeah. hole a lot of times right where that same piece of water in colorado you'd have what eight 12 inchers yeah. two 16 inchers yeah. one 18 incher yeah. one 20 <laughs> incher maybe right and yeah. in new zealand there he is that's that fish and then you walk until you see exactly another fish which and it's not be. like they can't reproduce <laughs> no yeah and so i i honestly don't know i've always wondered that because like we like the day that we caught like those you know mid-sized fish like catchable fish in Colorado. Yeah. Right. I mean we caught a handful but 
I mean, for the most part, we only saw big fish, and we never saw, like, any small fry or any small, like, other right. fish. And also, we never saw any, like, rainbows, which was weird. Like, I, I figured it would be a good mix. I've heard, like, on the North Island, you can be, like, more rainbows than browns, but I've never experienced that. But we never saw any rainbows. It was only browns. Um, and so... I, I don't know from a biology standpoint. I have no yeah. idea. I think there's so more and more rainbows on the South Island, really? as I understand, but that's completely off the cuff. So yeah. don't quote me on that one. <laughs> you don't have the data. For that. Do not have the data yeah. to support that statement. Oh. Well, as you know, Gares and I love traveling and fishing. Pretty much now we just travel to fish. Yeah. But, you know, Garrison keeps being like, we've got to get back to New Zealand. We've got to go. And you know, the only thing working against it is they don't speak Spanish. Why is that the only thing working against it? Because that's, I'd like to travel so that <laughs> I can you, speak Spanish. How do you Spanish? know someone in New Zealand doesn't speak Spanish? <laughs> oh, I'm sure someone does. <laughs> He's got to find that person. <laughs> uh, there's, probably, there's probably people visiting from Spain who you can yeah. There we go. The other advantage <laughs> to fishing like Patagonia, which has a lot of similarities, I think, in a lot of places from New Zealand, is that it's a long flight like it is in New Zealand, but yeah. then you get there and it's like a two or three hour time difference. Yeah. yeah Whereas, you're not all as messed you up. know, that New Zealand time difference is a doozy. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. If you're older, I can see how that would take a toll. But <laughs> Calling me old? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, we, all we pretty much did is we stayed up for like the first, like we stayed up for like 24 hours before getting on the flight and then. We like stayed up as long as we could in the flight. We got hammered, and which I don't even think, I don't think I was twenty one yet. But we well, got, well, <laughs> international waters, right? It's fine. Um, and then we got drunk, and we woke up, and then we like stayed awake as as long as we could, and like took a nap right before we landed. Um, and then we just were good to go until we got back, and then we spent like, of course, like two or three days just lounging around, right? Yeah, still like feeling high from fishing new zealand needing also, a vacation from your vacation yeah, but also feeling yeah. like man we're this this is exhausting because we i mean i think we showered in the river just like you know washed off in the river full and, fishing bum yeah just yeah went to grocery stores and found local foods that look good and then just made them in our on our little van off our little van so that's um, awesome that's yeah new solid. zealand is a is a very i was supposed to go back in this december uh but that's mm. probably probably not, not happening <laughs> But I, it, it's a, it's a, it's a special place. New Zealand is fine. It's just they're not going to let us in. Yeah, which I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. Upset. I'm <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I get it. I get it. If I yeah. had a place like that, I wouldn't let people in at all. No. Doors <laughs> closed. <laughs> but you said it's the same as Patagonia. Well, I think Similar? it's there are similarities. Yeah. Just in terms of the incredible landscape yeah. and the feeling that you can be on like a just incredible piece of water in the middle of nowhere and not see anybody yeah. all day. Yeah. And uh, I mean, also the caliber of fish. Oh yeah. Although I think, you know, Patagonia is so much more varied. There's rainbow trout yeah. fisheries. There's rainbow. Trout and there's lakes. definitely more small fish fisheries. Yeah. Right. But there are, I mean, there are a lot of big fish fisheries yeah. in Patagonia too. And, it, it has that kind of, uh, I don't know, to me, coming from the western U.S., it has still that, it's not that people haven't fished it. Yeah, like, but there's, there's, wild. yes. Like magic. Yes. It's like a, yeah, it's like a, 
right? You look at it and, and like, on a no big piece this. of water. Yeah, you know, like in the West, you can get away from people yeah. and you can fish some really nice water and some decent sized water that's pretty remote. But like right. a larger, really quality river that hasn't been touched. There's in a people while, there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean for the most part. So yeah, I. You got to get down to Southern Patagonia sometime. I will, and I would, I would honestly just go for the views and the birds like that. Oh right. yeah, <laughs> if someone and the brown like, trout, my friend. I know. Yeah, that, you'll want to check out the brown trout while you're there. But of course I would. But it's just I, I feel like the views and the pictures I've seen and the stories I've heard about. I'm like that. It seems like it would be once again unbelievable. You look at it and you're like, there's no way this is a right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Patagonia is funny. I think less technical than New Zealand in a lot of ways like most of the fisheries which depends on the place but most of the fisheries it's like when we were there this past time on the Chilean side I mean we didn't fish anything under 3x really and we never fished a nymph the whole time we just fished dries and streamers because there was no reason to yeah the biggest thing when we let people were like if you can fish a tailwater in Colorado and catch fish then you can catch fish in New Zealand all right, that, you know, that was our own, like, That was your instruction. I get you. I spot, <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't but, at all the same. Yeah. So no. A but if you're listening to that, if you can catch fish in the tailwater, <laughs> well, you did prove that. That's Just right. Maybe yeah. not as many fish. Not as many fish. That is still <laughs> some. Just took fish. you a day yeah. and change to kind of get. Well, I think it was four days. Yeah, yeah, we need to get acclimated with the weather and yeah. you know, the smell of. Exactly. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, are you heading out to catch any fish here soon? Um. Yeah, I'm actually going to be spending a few weeks in Montana. Oh. Um, shooting some s- stuff uh, and just fishing with my dog. So we're going to take a road trip, kind of the end of August. Um, hopefully, there's still some salmon flies around. I don't think there will be, but um, yeah, we're just going to drive around. I've never been to Yellowstone. Or the Tetons, so we're gonna drive through that, nice. and then um, just fish Bozeman to Missoula and try to find some water in between. See if I can bump it on someone's raft. But um, yeah, that's that's my next big trip. I'm trying to get some night fishing. I've never caught a fish on a mouse here in Colorado, so I'm trying to. Do that. Me neither. So report back. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I've been out almost every weekend trying to find places and spots. So nice. Still, still not even a, a bump in the night, but oh, it'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> Stay I'm, on. I'm it. still waiting, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. And then just having fun, excellent, surviving. How about some plugs for the people? Do you want to tell them where they can find you on the gram or anything? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Black Steve Irwin. So that's actually how I that like we met at the BHA event. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the guys who makes the grant, his wife told grant uh who like puts together storytelling he was like hey she was like hey you should you should get this guy to tell a story he's a comedian he's a angler he's a wildlife biologist he's in college and he's really fine and then he was like oh what's his name and she was like black steve Irwin. he was like oh yeah we have that (laughs) (laughs) like it is a great hint mad mad respect to the Irwin family i hope they never asked me (laughs) that but uh yeah my instagram is at black steve Irwin. um i have a podcast with my uh friend it's just about comedy and called get home safe the get home safe podcast and we have a bunch of instagram twitter facebook and all that but um if anyone ever wants to fish with me i like fishing with new people uh i like hearing new stories and new experiences 
Excellent. Yeah. Well, we'll have to fish together one of these days because we talk about it enough. But yeah, I don't think we we've never. No, we we've, made that we've just been at like every fishing event yeah, I know. Oh, that's uh, not on the yeah. water. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's make that happen and report back on Montana. I definitely will. Thanks Hopefully again for making exactly for go. making the trek out here. It's yeah, very fun to see it. you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water and Lock and & Co. Whiskey. And just a quick follow-up, it only took us like about a month to actually get some time on the water with Eland. You can read more about it on the Rep Your Water blog. The article is titled Canyon Dreams. And if you want to follow along with Eland's adventures on Instagram, you can find him at Black Steve Irwin. And thanks again, Eland, for joining us. And thanks to all of you for putting up with our outdoor audio, our very far away from each other audio, trying to do something fun in person. But obviously, it suffers a little bit with, with one mic and the rest. So thank you for putting up with that. And as always, if you have a fishing story of your own to share or just a comment or question, shoot us an email at tellusafishingstory at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks so much.